0: Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. We have a very special guest today on Ordinary Old Catholic Me, a good friend who's also a Catholic. Her name is Candice Azara. Well, welcome Candice to Ordinary Old Catholic Me.
1: Hello, how are you? My name is Candice Azara. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Ah, I like that,
0: because I'm from the Bronx, New York. So Uh two New Yorkers here. This is the coolest thing.
1: Well, we call the people from the Bronx foreigners, so. Uh, We used to call
0: the people from Brooklyn foreigners, too. (laughs) Um, My dad actually worked briefly in Brooklyn, so the only thing I ever saw of it was going over the Brooklyn Bridge and to his little studio that he worked at and that was it, and the Brooklyn Navy Yard. I used to pass that all the time. Remember that? Yes. So what I wanted to do is um, talk about you a little bit, first about your career, and then we'll talk about the good Catholic stuff. So tell us about yourself.
1: Well, I uh, became uh, an actress, and I say because I was divinely guided. I was always performing, Mm -hmm. but I really didn't want to become an actress because I do comedy, and I didn't like comedy but God guided me and always put me on the stage and I gave up and I said okay I'll just study and then my teacher put me on Broadway and off Broadway and I felt as if this was my calling I didn't like the industry because I thought it was a, I, I, you know I was from a, a very innocent family and so I made God my only audience and my only teacher and uh, I've I've had a very miraculous career because everything that happened to me happened miraculously because I didn't party, I didn't go out, I just studied and, and be, I was just an Italian Catholic girl. Were you actually raised as a Catholic or religiously speaking? Yes, I was raised as a Catholic, not religiously, but my grandmother uh, taught me about uh, the Lord and the Blessed Mother and I just believed, and I had a spiritual experience when I was five years old. I, I had this, um, I remember it was like it was yesterday, a wind was going, <laughs> there was wind all over, and I felt a whole presence inside my body, and it felt as if someone was saying to me, I'm gonna take care of you, I will always be with you. And I knew it was God, and uh, I, I've I fell in love with God very young. I, I just had this feeling inside. I mean my journey is kind of uh well I I broke away from the Catholic Church uh because I was I wasn't raised in a Catholic school and I didn't know about the Catholic religion really. I didn't even know about the Eucharist. I thought the Holy Spirit was a pigeon. <laughs> I'm I, not laughing. I am kinda of laughing, no, but that's but okay. I, I didn't know. I, 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 I ne I how do you How does a child understand that?
0: An image, right. You have to be tangible. And
1: and then it was very scary um, seeing Jesus on the cross. And so I studied all kinds of religions. And I fit in everywhere. But somehow I found a Catholic priest, a holy priest.
0: Was it here in Los Angeles or in New York? Los Angeles changed me.
1: And he taught the Bible. And I happened to love the Bible. The Protestants taught me... A lot about tithing i didn't know about that they taught me about god's word the power and so did my speech teacher my speech teacher said that if you want to learn how to speak study the bible it's the most beautifully written book so i started studying psalms and proverbs and i still study the bible to this day and uh and i've had a miraculous career because as i said i really didn't socialize i studied Mm -hmm. I still study, and uh, you know, I was on Broadway, pre-Broadway. Neil Simon's brother wrote a a Broadway play for me. I had a contract with Neil Simon. Norman Lear flew me here to do a pilot for the All in the Family thing.
0: Oh, that's right. So you were in one of the pilots for All in the Family. Yeah, I
1: was in the second one, and I didn't want to do a series because I really didn't know my craft. I thought that if I learned my craft, I could really be, um, I could work forever. And mm-hmm. it's true. I've worked forever. And uh, learning my craft, I learned it from the stage more than anything. Now you've been in
0: both movies and
1: in movies, television. Movies, and I got discovered in movies from uh, Ann Bancroft, saw me in a commercial, and wrote a part for me in a movie called Fatso with Don DeLuise. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I had a, a wonderful director that became, in commercials, I did 400 commercials, and um, he put me in movies with Walter Matho, and uh, every, everything I, I has been really divinely guided. I My career doesn't make sense, because I, I never did drugs, I don't drink, I'm kind of a square, I pray, <laughs> and I still believe that. Now I'm writing, you know, I wrote... Well, tell me also, uh,
0: before I forget, I haven't really forgotten. I'm pretending I forgot. Yeah. But you wrote a book about a year ago, which is still very, very much out there on Amazon. And it's
1: called? God, Please Give Me Patience and Hurry. And it's by Candice Azera and Michael Conley. And it's all true stories of people I know, some of my own stories, uh, writing to God about their problems and about how the lack of patience And I wrote it, I wrote it in church. After mass, I wrote each story. And then my my partner came in and helped me edit and put it together. Wow, and it's it's really
0: something, you know? It's very much something. And a lot of the stories were about your own experiences. My own
1: experiences and and all the people I know. Like, I mean, there's some people that recognize themselves in the, my friends, my family. Uh, I only write from my experiences. You know, and because uh, that's, to me, humor comes from truth. Well, give me one small
0: story from the book.
1: Well, the one small story was, I, uh, Jesus, I, I wrote to God and I said, you know, I, I hate to say anything, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was right the way you spoke to your mother. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you know, she was looking for you for three days. And you're very lucky that she was Jewish. Because if I ever spoke that way to my mother, my mother would have killed me. And I always thought that, you know. I I, I really did. I couldn't understand how he could speak to his... My mother would have belted me all around. Well, a nice belt. An Italian belt. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the stories. It's a short one. That's funny. I I like that. And then, of course, I have a story. I have a chocolate addiction, about my addiction with chocolate. I went to chocolate therapy and... uh, and I still didn't get cured. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I bet
0: during these days, right now, with all the craziness going on, chocolate may feel like the only solution.
1: Well, you know, I, I'm enjoying this. I don't know why, because I got closer to God. And with the, this whole How do you pan- think that pandemic. has manifested itself? How has well, that Well, first I went through a depression, and I thought, well, I'll clean out a clo- closet, but how many closets can you clean out and, uh, and I went through a depression, and then I said, this cannot be, this is not from God. And so I started, uh, you know, just getting closer to God and seeing, setting all my goals, and visualizing them, and going for my dreams. And every day I wake up and say, with you, all is possible. Because with God, all is possible. And I, I I believe that this is the greatest time in my life. That something wonderful is going to happen. I, you know, I wrote a series now. That was my next question. Yeah, I what wrote you've a been doing during all this? Comedy series with my partner, and and I believe we're going to sell it. We finished the pilot. I I have the movie in Vino on Amazon, and I just have faith that everything is going to turn around if I believe, and I I I don't. I, I don't allow the devil to get into my mind Negative, You know, he's a negative mm-hmm. force and he doesn't want us to be happy. And I believe that every human being on earth is very, very special and, and a great creation of God. And we have a responsibility to fulfill our mission, whether I'm here to bring humor to the world and or someone, uh, you know, bring uh, uh, writings, well, writing also, But even cooking, anything, anything. It's interesting
0: that you're saying that because the podcast that I posted yesterday, I think it was, was kind of about that. The sense that um, most of us in our lives tend to look at life as if life owes us something. And that creates all sorts of problems in terms of how not only we experience life, but how we treat other people. And uh, it's very hard. And what would you say to people who say, well, it's all right for you. You've had a lot of good luck. Mm -hmm. How would you respond to people who say you're just kind of looking at God as a magician?
1: Well, uh, I don't feel that way because, like St. Ignatius said, do everything as if everything depends on you and leave the results to God. Everything is hard. If you accept that the journey is going to be rocky and hard, and it's going to be a lot, a lot of work, ups and downs, and you look at every negative as a stepping stone, and you look at everything positively. In fact, I read a book, and it started me in acting. It's called The Magic of Thinking Big, and he said, the only way to do it is to do it. The only way to cure fear is to take action, because I really, I didn't know anyone in show business. I only had my faith and the talent God gave me, but talent is, has to be developed. It must be developed on a daily basis. Now, uh, you have to uh, do everything with your talent, like I, I went to school, studied everything, not, not just my craft of acting, but speaking, uh, breathing, dance, ballet, everything. And you accept that it's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of work. One of my friends said, well, I want to get into show business, but I don't want to do what you did. Well, you can't do it that way. It takes a lot of work. And I love work because even when I achieve a little something, I get, I'm like a little kid. I, I get excited. I said, oh, oh I achieve that. It could be even a cleaning a closet or a drawer. I get excited. That's kind of like um,
0: Teresa of Lisieux's little way that everything we do if we're washing a dish if we're dusting yes if we're that everything is done with the intention of of adoring god if you will but it has a, another consequence which is if we are able to do that and we know it's often very hard is if we do that it also allows us to have a space for some joy
1: Yes, but it doesn't mean that you don't go through depression. Oh, of course not. Because when I gave my life over to Jesus Christ, uh, and I knew he was the way and everything, uh, it was like all hell broke loose. Oh, tell me about I, that. I, it was the it was a nightmare. I was in Science of Mind at that time, and I was searching for Jesus Christ. But I didn't know the real, you know, the real one. <laughs> you know, I was looking. Anyway, um... It was horrible. I felt as if someone was pulling at me and trying to take me back. I felt as if all, all forces were so negative and then everything went wrong with my career. Uh, my, even my manager said, something is wrong. And I had given my life to the Lord and, it, and, and everything was taken away from me. Did you get mad? Well, I, I was crying a lot. I was crying a lot. I was upset, I was scared. I was very fearful, I was frightened because here I was, my career was going so great, I was getting everything, and everything seemed to be working out, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And, and I, everything I worked for, uh, my money was gone, everything was gone. And I, 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 don't, I don't know how, uh, only God got me back. Because uh, I, I really didn't want to live anymore. I, I was so frightened of living, and somehow he, and only he, got me back. Because you really can't talk to someone about this. They're they're coming from their own experience. And only God, who's infinite, knows my particular experience. But I remember crying and asking God to take my life. And, and saying, I, I just don't want to go on anymore. It's so hard. And then slowly, he started revealing things to me on that I was on the wrong track. And I was listening to the wrong people. And then I, I found... Uh, my faith in Catholicism and I I didn't know about the Eucharist I didn't know it was Jesus I thought I said how could it be Jesus he doesn't have a beard or nothing or something like that <laughs> I didn't know anything and I started studying my religion and I really started studying and and I was supposed to go through the fire because you cannot grow without the pain and the fears and the emotions it's just not hip hip hooray life And now that when people go through it, I have compassion for them because I cry with them. I don't know when God's going to lift them out of it. And it doesn't mean now he doesn't put me through things. Of course. We've talked
0: about that, you and I, that, you know, even during this crazy period of our confinement and, you know, life just sort of changing completely in the snap of a finger's. That it's been difficult. We've talked about it because we've shared how yeah. what the difficulties have been and the sort of the sense of losing control, which is one of the things that human nature doesn't like to do. We always want control. And of course, there's only one person in control. And that's...
1: It's so hard to understand that. And you know, I'm asking God, like the Holy Spirit, to help me trust his timing. My biggest uh, problem is I want everything yesterday. <laughs> And, and uh, when his timing is perfect because I have seen miracles, not just in my life, but in my family's life that I've prayed for, and they came true. And yesterday, my niece told me about two things she wanted. She wanted to get married wow. again, and she wanted to be by the ocean, and she got that.
0: Oh, oh really? And I, I, I said... Which oh. one, the ocean or the marriage? Both.
1: <laughs> You're kidding. And I... I said, my God, that's what we were praying for. And it didn't happen overnight. Of course. Because she went through hell on earth. And I don't think we can grow without that pain. And, you know, just yes, uh, a few days ago, I was watching uh, the the birth of a butterfly. And I saw the caterpillar and the pain the caterpillar goes through of becoming the butterfly. And I, I, I looked at this butterfly. I was telling tell you about that. You did, that. yeah and i said how could i know what is good for me if god created that butterfly for a specific journey specific that particular butterfly so if i really go to god i will get all the answers from him and i have to be careful uh listening to people because we're we're so limited in our vision and we, we don't don't think outside of the box. And God thinks outside of the box. And you say, what, is he ridiculous? And then you have to try that. Because now I'm on a different journey. I'm starting a new career at this age. And I have to think outside of the box. I have to go to God and meditate and see where he's going to take me. And everyone's going to say to me, I know, oh, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. And I just, I just cut them out. Because... God doesn't give you fear; He gives you the next the next step to do. What
0: if, uh, if some people might object? They'll say, "Well, what if the answer you get is not the answer that you either expecting or even more so, the answer that you're looking for?" How do you respond to that feeling from some people
1: who say, "Oh, it's all it's all good for her." Well, I, I really don't care what other people say because they're so wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And so am I. <laughs> in fact, I spoke to my niece today. I said, I've misguided more people. Just listen to God and your instinct. Well, I, uh, people will say something, but that they're coming from their little life. They're not coming from my life, my particular. I was born in a particular time and, and God knows that. God a guy really can guide you anywhere. If he guided me to California with the suitcase, I came here. All right, I was with the big agency. But they didn't do, it. they didn't open the doors for me. God opened the doors. I got my own movies first. I got my commercials. I got uh, everything from God. And and, and, and and I did everything from books, too. Uh, at one point, you felt bereft that there was nothing. What
0: if, and this is kind of a big yeah. question, what if he took it all away from you again?
1: Let's start again. I, I, I'm, I'm basically an optimist. But he's done that many times, by the way. Okay. You mentioned the one time. <laughs> no, one time. Well, I in New York, I was doing a series there. I did Broadway plays, series well-known, and I had to leave there to come to California. I had to start all over again. And then someone uh, ripped me off with a lot of money. I had to start all over again. I've started all over so many times. Uh, and, and the thing is, uh, what are you going to do? Either you do that or you don't. And, and somehow, God will bring the right people into your life at the right time.
0: Well, that I mean, raises another issue because we're talking about your career and and what you're also sort of intimating is that there's a lot of connection among the people we interact with. That, that my interacting with someone affects their lives and their interacting with you affects your life and it's just about the tapestry as well as just about my little life
1: uh, yeah and also I learn a lot from books I learn a lot from other people's experience there's a book called uh, Man's Search for Meaning
0: Victor, I just mentioned that yesterday Victor Frankl
1: uh, uh, okay. Man's Search for Meaning mm-hmm. and now I'm reading this other book by Dr. Edith uh, Egger and about, she's a Holocaust survivor and a lot of people I see. I feel as if God speaks through books, because I learned my craft mostly through books I was divinely guided through books I, I studied Dale Carnegie, how to get along with people I studied salesmen W. Clement Stone uh, on how to get into the industry because actors weren't working and they were supported by their mommy and daddy and I, I didn't have that mm-hmm. I had to work I, I lived in uh, after I got divorced, I lived in Hell's Kitchen, and I lived in a dormitory, and I worked till four o'clock in the morning and studied in the after, you know, in the afternoon at Lee Strasberg, and I, I just accepted that I had to do that. So you knew the
0: great Lee Strasberg.
1: Yeah, but no one was ever great to me but God. Uh? I never looked at anyone. I was never in awe of anyone I work with. I just, I don't know why. I just looked at. Uh, I thought he was a janitor for my, when I first went to class I said who the heck is that guy he's cleaning up but he was a wonderful he was wonderful to me uh, he was a wonderful te- all my teachers were wonderful uh, I can't say not one of them were uh, I, I belong there I found my home when you find your home uh, people are very supportive they just want you to succeed They they root for you I mean, I, I found, uh, I don't know, maybe because I'm such an optimist. Um, I Also, I, I used to study, um, uh, there was another, uh, Vincent, Peale. Mm-hmm. I, Vincent Peale. Norman Vincent Peale. Yeah. Norman Vincent Peale. I used to study his, uh, uh, his book on positive thinking. Mm-hmm. And I believe that your mind is a computer. And what you put into it, uh, you become. And, and I'm working on something right now. Uh, with my my, my uh, new show because I, I have to be positive when someone says to me well they don't want this they don't I don't I don't feel that way there's one person that wants it I I don't like the negative and and a lot of people at work on, on fear they're worried about well I know what these these people think well you don't know I mean when I first came to uh, town I wrote to the president of William Morris and everyone said, how did you get in to see him? I said, well, isn't he my agent? They said, no. no." I said, well, his name is on my contract. He said, it's on every contract. So I wrote to him, and I, I, I said, my dear agent, I'm coming to California, and I'd like to see you. Well, he called me up. He said, all right.
0: <laughs> but no, it
1: always happens like that. I, I have an innocence, I know. But I mean, there are only people. They're, they're only people. I'm not afraid of anyone in the industry. I'm not... Uh, I've never had... F- I ha- don't have fear. You sure don't. In the industry. And, and everyone says, well, suppose someone thinks of you like, well, so I, I made a mistake. I'll try again. I've made a fool out of myself so many times. And my teacher said, whatever you do, if you want to learn, make a fool out of yourself. Be willing to make a fool out of yourself. And I said, geez, that's easy. I can... So I always go out and risk and people get shocked at what I tried with the wigs and the thing and, and a lot of times I, I I fall on my face but I say, well I'll get up and I'll try again.
0: That's also one of the funny things when I first got to know you and I'd be watching some some show you know from you know yeah. on one of my favorite channels. I tend to like a lot of shows from the 80s and yeah. the 70s and the 90s
1: and I'd look and I thought that looks like candy but yeah, I don't I recognize her. <laughs> <laughs> well, even when I, I went to do uh, a Rhoda, uh, they I, I auditioned and I got and they I wasn't right for the part, but they gave me another part and they cut. They called me and they said, "Oh, we gotta cut it out because, um, you know, it's too long." And the I said, "Don't worry about it. It's fine. I just enjoyed working with you guys." And, and I am a card sender. I, I wrote to everyone and they they called me back and they wrote me a, a recurring role. And then I had to leave because I was doing a lot of pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and even in soap, they said, could you do a Southern accent? I said, no. Oh, I think you can. I said, no, I can't. So they wrote me a, a, a part uh, they, uh, in it. But uh, <laughs> with another thing, I, I can't, I don't want to tell people I can do something that I can't. Well, it's
0: kind of like uh, also it's part of your, not just your faith, but you're part of your personage is that, truth or honesty is the best policy, you know, why would I lie, what will I do, it'll hurt others, it'll hurt me.
1: I know, and I I always think of the show, what is best for the show, Uh, I'm always concerned about that, and people have, you know, I've done 21 pilots, I got my pilot's license, (laughs) Uh, I tell you, but I, I look back and I say, you know, God, I did so many pilots, but I could see why you, you've gone. He's, he's given me a rough journey. Because one series, I would have been set for life and known as that one character. But I have, nobody knows who the heck I am. because Which I, is great,
0: because you can walk the streets.
1: <laughs> no, but I have all these characters. Uh, and I don't, my father even said, "Wait, a minute, I think that's candy. I, I, I have all these different wigs. And now in Inveno, I look like an old bat in that one.
0: Well, you're supposed to look like an old man. Yeah, now. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so far, you know, it's going God's way, not my way. And and yesterday, I did a whole... I do... You know what I do I, at night? I do... A, I have a recording of relaxation. And then I do a, like a brainwashing. I do a, a whole prayer with God. And then I visualize myself. I ask Him for my goals. Mm-hmm. And then I visualize doing my goals. But I don't tell anyone because people put a damper and they're very negative. And I visualize it and I go to sleep with this visualization. Well, let's go back
0: a little bit to the current times and, and the Catholic Church. You know, for a long time, we were basically completely shut down. For a brief time, we were open again and we were able to go back to the sacraments. Now we're closed again, but talk about what were the most important things or what are the most important things about the sacraments and going to Mass and being part of the Catholic Church?
1: Well, Bishop Sheen really helped me out knowing about the Eucharist. I didn't know the Eucharist was Jesus. I just thought it was a wafer. I mean, I just didn't know. Even though they said it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ, I mean, come on, it's very hard to believe it. But when I studied with a, a, a holy priest, Father Hampshire, he taught about how it, it, it changed into... Transubstantiation. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. and it changed into his body. And then I started reading about the Eucharistic miracles. And uh, Flannery o, 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 O'Connor, is that her name? Yes. She also helped me out. But before that, I couldn't get over that, like Bishop Sheen really explained it, that when you eat something, you become it. The, the, it changes you, you mm-hmm. eat your food. And the same thing, when you're eating the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it changes you physically, but it's how you, you receive it. And to be, I mean, at church, my problem sometimes is, oh, did I turn the gas off? Is this over mm-hmm. there? I'm not focused. But really, I asked the Holy Spirit now, I didn't know that a church, when you go to church, all of heaven is there. I, I didn't even know that. I, I said, I didn't know all of heaven is there. And the thing is, I really want to be present. And all, uh, and then when, now when I receive the Eucharist, I want to change. I want to change in my Christ to be my Christ self. I, I, I want to uh, be all that he created me to be. And I can only do that if I believe and if I focus on it and really connect with it. Not that I'm just eating a wafer or something like that. I am taking in his whole spirit, his whole being. And it all also has to be taken in with faith because...
0: It's the only way to take it in, really. It's the
1: only way. And that's what... But then when you see the uh, Pope Francis has... On YouTube, the Eucharistic miracle where the uh, Jesus is—you know—the body and blood of Jesus Christ does turn into flesh. And uh, Orvieto
0: many, is one of the places where that happens in Italy. There's several Eucharistic uh, miracles, miracles.
1: Yes, I know. But
0: that's one. Yeah, right.
1: And I think it's very important because I just didn't believe it. I mean, when people say, "Did you believe it?" I said, "No." But then when I started reading about it, knowing about it, and Bishop Sheen. I have to say, he's an excellent teacher, and he's on YouTube. You can get him.
0: For those who don't know who Bishop Sheen was, uh, because he passed away in 1979, he was one of the very first, he was the first, really, uh, television evangelist when television was young. Uh And he's up for sainthood, although it seems to be a rocky road to sainthood. But he was uh, on a show for years called Life is Worth Living and he did it in radio before he did it on television and you can find his uh, sermons basically all over YouTube he was an amazing fellow he was a bit how would you describe it dramatic cuz he'd wear his flowing I know, the cape i know you yeah. think he
1: was dracula coming But back
0: out. in <laughs> the, back in those days that's kind of how they did yeah, television I know. so yes so now that's bishop sheem so he's the one who greatly influenced you
1: He also yes I went to a, a, a retreat searching for my my connection with God, and I they were supposed to be silent. I listened to 24 tapes of Bishop Sheen, and he taught me that the Eucharist, if you spend an hour in front of the Eucharist, you will change, you will get answers. And the thing is, you, you can't just, I mean, I can't just go there and say, all right, here's an hour, all right, what, now what's going on, God? It's gradual, everything is gradual, and all of a sudden one day you just understand. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I think it's just like a dance step. You, you do it again and again, you kind of, you know, you, you don't know how to do it, or, or driving, or even driving, and then all of a sudden it's all connected. And the same thing. I'm enjoying being a Catholic now more than anything I love uh, the discipline. I love the, the sacrifices. I love the, the lighting candles. I love the Blessed Mother. And I'm Italian descent, and the Blessed Mother is, is very important to us. And I call her mama. She's my mother, a Marona, we would call her. And my mother, before she, uh, when she passed away, before she passed away, she said, you'll always have the, uh, a mother. Your blessed, the Blessed Mother is your mother. And she is. And I ask her every time I drive to, you know, to plead the blood of Christ over my car, over myself. And I pray all day long. I have to say that. I'm always in prayer. I'm always talking to God. And I feel like even at this my age, I don't want to say how old I am. I will ask Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way over 39. <laughs> uh, but uh, at this age, I'm looking forward to each day. Because uh, it's very exciting, my journey with God. I'm go- I want to risk more than ever. I want to go for my goals. I want to go for the, s- the smallest gold that I want. And also, I have a God box. Uh, I write my little notes to God, and I put it in a God box. And I, I love the innocence of that, because it says, unless we become like little mm-hmm. children, I mean, you can't enter the kingdom. And when you think about it, I mean god created the entire universe i thought that god was hanging out in a cloud and you know looking at us with a beard and everything i thought this was it but i mean this is way so be- much
0: bigger than that i know even beyond our capacity to understand it
1: but the excitement is if i go just straight to god straight to him about how i can improve myself i will get the answers it's not that he's going to come to, he's going to bring an a book a note, a, a, a message. He will do everything to help me because he loves me, and he is madly in love with each and every one. Mm-hmm. And when I, one of my friends says, "Oh, we can't get through because you're praying all day long," I said, "No, you know, you you got to believe that he's going to answer your prayers."
0: It's interesting you should say about his intense love for us yes. that we often forget about, or reject, or dismiss. But you remind me of Bishop Barron, who I'm also very fond of, Bishop yeah, Robert sure. Barron, in terms of his uh, homilies and sermons that he does online, and his basically his evangelical production company that he yeah. has online. Uh-huh. You can also find on online. He talks about how relentless God is about trying to bring us, bring Himself to us, and have us come to Him. He loves us so much that. Literally, he died on the cross. He didn't have to do that. He didn't. God did not have to become man. There was no reason for him to do it except for love. And that's what Bishop Barron talks about all the time. And that's hard for us to see because, well, from the beginning of Eden, we want to be God. We try to grasp at it all.
1: I, I think it's also hard to see when you haven't been raised with love. I've been blessed because my parents loved us. But when you, I I know some people that haven't, and it's very hard to get through to them, because they have this pain. Uh, I know I'm thinking of one person, uh, and his eyes are the saddest eyes I've ever seen, Mm. because his parents said to him and his brother, "Well, we're just going to raise you, but you're on your own. We, you don't really don't care for you. We didn't want children anyway, no affection, no nothing." And the thing is, I think that if you when you when you accept that God does love you. And and my my thing is I covet a lot. Well, why can't I have what you had or this and that and that. And and the thing is I I say well wait a second maybe He thinks that if you had that you would be the biggest brat in the world, because I'm I'm very uh, strong-willed and mm-hmm. and God had to break me a lot. I'm not I'm not uh, I was a very hard child to bring up. But my parents did love me, I knew love. But, but the thing is, um, when you realize that God is so in love with you, just as you are, I think that is so important, and to accept it. How do you uh,
0: approach a person like the one you talked about with the sad eyes? And they're not gonna see that easily, if at all.
1: How does one approach that person? I, I find that very hard. Oh, well, I this person, I let them know how special they are. I let them know how important they are to me. I let them know that I love them. So at least a seed is planted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't do anything about his past, and maybe and this guy's an ex-alcoholic, and but I can do something about planting a seed of love because I've been given the gift of love. And I've been shown it, like you have. I mean, your parents were crazy in love with you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's easy for us to give love because we've been given it. Well, I think it's an
0: interesting thing when you say your parents were crazy in love with you. I think one of the problems for young people, children, and then as you become adults, is you expect love to show itself in a certain way. And sometimes it shows itself in not mysterious ways, but in different ways. And my parents were not very affectionate, overtly affectionate. They were, Even though they were Italian, Irish, and Greek combined, um, they weren't particularly affectionate people. And I've only come to realize, as I've gotten older, the gifts that they gave to me. I was mm-hmm. very, I don't know if I was rejecting of what they offered to me in the past, but I certainly didn't feel it was sufficient in many ways. And now I see... From this vantage point, at this age, how much they gave to me, and it's something I had to learn through the the world of hard knocks. You know, I had to learn, I had to see, I had to do a lot of introspection, a little therapy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but at this point, I I see what they gave me, and I didn't see it so much when I was younger. Oh, they gave you a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that I wasn't as affectionate because my father wasn't, mm-hmm. but my mother was. And I, when I got married, my ex-husband craved affection. So he taught me affection. And I think we learn it. God will bring people in our mm-hmm. lives that will teach us what was lacking in our family. Now, I resented the fact that I wasn't educated. But in a way, it was a blessing because I crave education. I crave it so much. and And... And I, I resented my uh, my parents that they they didn't care. You know, just get married, make lasagna, and get the heck out of here. We <laughs> love you and all that, and have a few kids. Uh, but I resented who they were. I judged them. And it ta- it's taking me so long exactly. to not judge them because they did what they thought was best, and that's their personality. They- and,
0: and going back to education, um, uh-huh. I'm fairly educated, yeah. which I'm very grateful for. But the downside of education is that it takes away something that you still have. What do you
1: mean?
0: Innocence. It takes away your innocence. Education sometimes makes you very cynical. You said you're very optimistic. So I'm not talking about reading books, which you do, but the the formal education system sometimes. You didn't have formal education. And I think in some ways that was a great gift for you because it let you, you could explore... But you could keep your innocence. Nobody took that from you. No,
1: no, that's right. I never thought of that. And I used to resent that I didn't go to college and mm-hmm. everything. But I went to acting, you know, and mm-hmm. and I hired teachers to teach me poetry and mm-hmm. all that. But the thing is, I really learn instinctively uh, what to do with books, how to, what mm-hmm. books to read, and everything. Uh, and your instincts are unbelievable. I mean, especially for women. I hate mm-hmm. to say that, but. Uh, our instincts tell you a lot because everyone said well where did you learn that I said I don't know I just prayed and uh, a paper came to me or I went to uh, the five and ten cent store and I got books and uh, this sounded right and and uh, it's something how God channels people through uh, through, uh, to Mm -hmm. you the right people at the right time and now I feel he's channeling a different thing not channeling, but, I mean, but he is sending me a very positive approach to life right now. After all this pandemic and everything, he's lifted me out of a negative, depressed state, which I was in the last three months. I really, I, I was really bad. What do you think that was about? Well, because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. There you go. Big, big, you big go. baby, you know? God, <laughs> grant me patience, but I, hurry. Hurry. <laughs> I know. I just, I know. I don't want your will, you know, could you just do mine for five seconds, you know, uh, but the thing is, and, you know, and, and then you just accept it at a certain time, because what are you going to do, and, and the thing is, um, there's a lot of resentment I had, not with my parents, but with God, you know, uh, I was, I'm going to tell you, you know, okay, moving along, you know, you know, <laughs> come on. You know, you, you know, get 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 to get the show on the road. When are you going to change? Now, every time when I would pray, I would say, "All right, when am I going to get this? When am I going to get that?" But now I say, "Okay, help me to trust your timing," because I wanted it, you know, yesterday as usual, and uh, help me to trust your timing. I it's not that I don't. No, I I I, I trust his timing, but he's so slow, and uh, he'll always be slow to me because my mind is different than and his. He's
0: not in time at all he's right. not the you know, past present future means nothing to
1: god it's all the same for him and how do we understand that how do we, we comprehend can't. that how could i if anyone says well i got it all figured out i understand god right. come on yes that's right you, you can't but getting back to the power of the eucharist and the mass it really is powerful for oh. me and confession i haven't gone to confession um but I miss confession. And I have to go in the booth. I don't like anyone seeing me. <laughs> That's I, I, I told
0: you at one point we were doing it in a garden on the oh, outside. No, no. And you said,
1: no, they'll see no, me. No, they'll see me. I just—I I don't want i disguise my voice. Do you think what the heck I did? <laughs> I don't want anyone to know who I am. I, I feel embarrassed. I, I just do. What are you embarrassed about? I don't know. Once I, 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 I killed a frog. And, and I confessed that. And the, the, the priest says... I forget about the frog and then someone brought me to a French restaurant and ordered frog's legs and I said oh my god I killed your uncle. I (laughs) (laughs) killed your uncle. Oh that's funny. I have such guilt about everything. I don't know what the heck.
0: Well that's okay. It's okay. I have a another question I wanted to raise. You mentioned some of the particularly effective forces in your life, people who have affected you. You mentioned uh, Father Hamsh, you mentioned of course the late uh, Father uh, Bishop Sheehan, but uh, tell me about some of the other uh, forces, perhaps in the Catholic Church, perhaps not, um, that have made you who you are, both Uh, as an actress and as a Catholic. Very, very
1: specific. First, uh, Stanislavski is an acting teacher from Russia and he was the most spiritual man i read his book my life in art and i said this is the kind of craft i want to learn he taught he said ethics is just as important as your craft and how you treat people and that individuality is very important it should unite people instead of forcing them apart now you know he was raised in a with com- well, communists. He was right? communist. Well, I don't know but what he, year wasn't, he was. Raised. He was really mm-hmm. an ortho- orthodox. Uh, but everything was taken away from him. He was from a wealthy mm-hmm. family. And he taught me, and also one of my favorite actresses. I never heard, I never saw her. I saw her on film that was supposed to be burned, Eleanor Duza. She taught me about how every performance that is good and great is given to you, and that you are just a reed. You know, mm-hmm. you're just your an instrument. And she also studied Thomas Aquinas. She studied the Bible. Really? Oh yeah. She said all the, the, the prayers and she got me into more of the Bible. She's very spiritual. And all those two people uh, are, are still a tremendous force in my life. I feel like they're part of my life. And uh, then Thomas Aquinas is very important. I say his prayer almost every day. When before I perform, before I study, what's the prayer? Well, it, it's from the book.
0: Oh, okay, you don't remember it offhand.
1: Well, Ineffable Creator, who from the treasures of your wisdom have it's a whole long mm-hmm. prayer, mm-hmm. have established that it, it goes on and mm-hmm. on, but it gets you in the mood of uh, uh, surrendering everything to our Creator about your mind and everything, your speech, and also. Um, Thomas Aquinas is a very important force in my life, Bishop Sheen, of course. Now Thomas Aquinas
0: is an interesting one. Uh, I love him because uh, he's. I have to admit, I've tried to read him many times, and I well, have to have a book to translate book is the one. Oh, you're talking Duser. about the prayer book. I, talk, I thought you were talking about his uh, Summa Theologica. Yeah, I have that. I yeah. have
1: it. I, I I I've sorted that. I haven't gone into that, but the, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. See, when, once. I I think when the book is when you're ready the Holy Spirit will give you uh, the intelligence to do it because there are books before I couldn't read and now I read it like uh, I know them because I wasn't ready spiritually but Eleanor Duzer got me into Thomas Aquinas' prayer book because she always had it with her and she says all the prayers from it and um, I I just love the power of prayer Mm mm-hmm it gives you so much confidence in what you're doing, and you have so much courage. And the courage doesn't come from you. Uh, it comes, of course, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I'm a lover of the Bible. Yes. I love Proverbs. I love Psalms. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, John. I love it. I just mm-hmm. love the Bible so much and that is my best book of instructions and i i feel like it's almost like every day you're like a child you're renewed by the word and i know uh the catholics are not really into the bible like the protestants are and i thank god that i studied uh with the protestants mm-hmm. because they got me into the bible and they also got me into something a personal personal relationship with jesus christ mm-hmm.
0: Well, I wanted to mention something about that. It's interesting. You're right when we were when I was a kid, although we've always had the readings from the Bible. We've yeah. always had that. We didn't necessarily have a separate uh, circumstance by which we were told, yes, spend time reading the Bible and yeah, go yeah, through yeah. the Old and the New Testament. But what I have noticed now is that's sort of reversing a bit. We're seeing Catholics more involved with the Bible. The other thing we're seeing is about the personal relationship, and this goes to Bishop Barron. Really, in some ways, we have the most personal relationship with Jesus Christ because we have the thing you were talking about the which Eucharist. is the Eucharist it doesn't get more personal oh. than that and we and have to remember that
1: it's, it's heaven on earth mm-hmm. it's heaven on earth there it's... is heaven on earth when you think of that Eucharist the power and you think of I said you mean when I go to mass all of heaven is here right I almost died mm-hmm. I, I mean well you know, thank God I didn't but the thing is, you you think of all the gifts that the Catholic Church—the candle, lighting a candle—and I love the innocence, and I also love the de- the the dedication to the laws of God. I asked my family. I said, Do "You know, uh, what the Eucharist is? What? Do you know the power of it? Huh? Do you know when you go to church, all of heaven is there? Huh? <laughs> I mean, you can you can. I want to tell you something. How ignorant!" I have been because I wasn't taught that. I would just, hail Mary full of grace, you know, go all over. But I didn't I didn't know the richness of the Catholic Church. The richness of all we have. And and you go to church and you sit in front of that Eucharist and nobody is in there. Nobody is there. I said, I wonder if they really know that Jesus is here, mm-hmm. that He is alive in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that until Bishop Sheen. And also, getting back to the Catholics, I went back to the Catholic Church because of Father Hampsh teaching the Bible.
0: Tell me who Father Hampsh is. You've mentioned him well, several Father times. Father
1: Hampsh was my uh, spiritual director. He's, he's dying right now, he's yeah, in his I've 90s. Heard. But he also taught the healing of the memories, the healing of the family tree. He did a lot of courses he taught about the bible and he had a whole course on on the mess and that's when i believed through him because i knew he wouldn't lie to me and and if i hear one thing off if i hear one thing off from a priest i don't listen to them if they don't believe one priest said he didn't believe in the resurrection <gasps> Now, the resurrection is everything. Right.
0: Without the resurrection, our faith is useless.
1: You know, every every Christian believes in the resurrection. Mm -hmm. What the heck is that about? I don't know. You know? And so, right now. He's probably
0: struggling, that priest.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, I, I know now that before, when I gave my life to Jesus, I brought Bibles like there was no tomorrow, I wanted everyone to change. I immediately because I realized it and then God calmed me down and said could you just slow down folks I mean and I had to learn my relationship with God and pray about that person and before I talk to anyone I say come Holy Spirit come now come as you wish come Holy Spirit come now come as you wish come Holy Spirit come now come as you wish and I asked the Holy Spirit to guide me because most of my family have left the Catholic Church and I can't do anything about that. No. All I can do is pray for them. They pray to God. They they're very good people, but they don't have that that hunger. See, I can't do without the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I can't live my life one second outside of Christ, or else I I have no meaning for existence. That
0: adds, I'm going to be probably the last question of this yeah. uh, okay. of this hour. It's yeah. turned out to be, oh. um, which is. There are people who will say when you say i can't live without the catholic church they'll say well that's just a crutch how do you answer that person
1: well they really don't have the information because the thing is uh they don't know the history of i'm not talking about what's happening the bad things that were said but they don't know the power of the eucharist they don't know the power of a mass they don't know the power of prayer the blessed mother the rosary so I, I just say, I did my homework, and if you want to find out about it, I guide them to someone like Bishop Sheen, because I said, I am not a theologian or Bishop Aaron. I am not a theologian, and I am not going to answer uh, something like that, but it has affected my life, and I have a meaning for existence because of the Catholic teaching. And, and the Catholic teaching, I'm still learning. I'll always be learning. I mean, there's so much to learn. But I'm talking about the basics, the Mass, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, Confession, the Hour, the mm-hmm. Rosary. It's all very real, and when you get into it, it, it just, it's just like um, someone saying to me, well, why do you, well, I don't know if I should say that, why do you like pizza? I mean, you ever taste it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm, good <laughs> but pizza. I mean, uh, but the thing is, a lot of people are lazy, and they don't want to, like, I, I, you know, they don't want to read the Bible. They say, oh, "I can't, I can't understand." I said, "Well, you, you ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and will give you wisdom, insight. He will educate you. He will do anything." And uh, I, I think a lot of people don't want to be bothered. They want magic, and it's not magic. It, it's dedication and commitment to God, right. and saying, "I want, I want a life uh, serving God." Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, there is a joy that I've never experienced in my life um that i only get from from god and and also my work when he comes in and 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 just unites you with your actors and everything you know he's i can't explain it he connects everyone together and it's it's almost like it's a spiritual experience well,
0: catholicism is about relationship it's about community and so is our interaction with other human beings. It's all about relationship. its uh, I have to remember that because I have a tendency to be a loner. And so I have to remember that what we're being taught is about God's relationship with us, which is reflected in our relationship
1: with others. Well, I'm a gregarious loner. <laughs> I'm your gregarious loner. Uh, how does that look? <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, the, the thing is... Uh, uh, I I like being alone a lot, but I need people. I need to touch. I need to feel. I need I, I need the vibration of a, a human being. I mm-hmm. need their their point of view, and mm-hmm. I want to listen to them, because you know we're all still children and learning. Yes. Uh, and but I gotta say I thank God uh, that I am a Catholic.
0: Yeah. Well, on that very beautiful punctuation, I think we're going to end our little visit. And I'm thinking maybe one of these days you'll come back again, Candace Azara, yes. star of stage, screen, Green. and television, and, and writer. good uh-huh. Catholic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: well, still try, striving to be Striving.
0: Good. And that's right. When we say good Catholic, we really mean that we're trying to be yeah, good. I mean, we never know, quite achieve it because no, we're human I fall beings. on
1: a daily basis.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so very much for being here.
1: Thank you so much. God bless you.
0: Thank you to Candice Azara for that very first interview on Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it.